Good morning and a very warm welcome to morning worship in the parish of Castlechur and Gorsainen. My name is Adrian and on behalf of the church family, can I say how great it is that you're joining us for worship today? If you're joining us for the first time, can I encourage you to go to our website syncath.org.uk where you'll find out a little bit more about us as a church family and how you might be able to join in with what we're doing. I want to encourage you too to look for our contact details on the website and to get in touch if that's something that you'd like to do. We'd love to hear from you. In today's service we're going to be looking at the familiar passage of Jesus feeding the 5,000. We're going to think about what that teaches us about Jesus and what it means for us today. But before we delve into the service itself, let's begin by offering everything to God in prayer. This is the Collect, the special prayer of the Church for today. Almighty God, we beseech you to direct, to sanctify and to govern us in the ways of your laws and the works of your commandments, that through your mighty protection, both here and forever, we may be preserved in body and soul, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So let's worship together.
reading is taken from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All to Jesus I surrender All to Thee I freely give I will ever love and trust Oh 
I surrender all. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. Well, just before today's reading, Jesus has just received the shocking news about the death of his cousin John the Baptist. His response to this bad news is to go privately to a solitary place. No doubt to grieve, he needs to be alone with God. Yet, when his plans are interrupted, Jesus doesn't get irritated as I often do, because he has compassion on the people that he meets. Jesus has the wisdom not just to go with the flow, but also to respond actively to their needs. He heals the sick, and afterwards he doesn't take an opportunity to get away from the crowd. Instead, he feeds them. This is the kind of God that we follow, His nature is one of compassion, and he's concerned about us, putting our needs above his own needs. It's only after all this that Jesus finally gets away to be with God and to grieve, to meet his own needs. And believe it or not, I think that what happens next is related to what we've already seen about Jesus. Just as Jesus was concerned to meet our practical, physical needs, He's also concerned to meet our spiritual needs too. And the way to do this is to enable us to see him for who he really is. And this brings us to the big question in today's reading, which is this. Who is Jesus? In fact, the question is quite personally asked by Jesus throughout this whole section as he begins to quiz us. Who do you say that I am? That's the question that he wants us to answer. Who do we think Jesus is? And you can see the direction in which the passage is going later in the chapter, when all the disciples answer, Truly, you are the Son of God. Today's Gospel reading is among the best-known passages of Scripture. It's the miraculous feeding of 5,000 people, and its aim is to point us towards this whole idea of who Jesus really is. To properly understand the meaning of the miracle, we need to turn to the events of the Old Testament and to Exodus chapter 16. You may be familiar with the story of the Exodus. Perhaps you've seen the Walt Disney film The Prince of Egypt. It's vaguely contained in that. The story of the Exodus. God rescues his people from the oppressive grasp of Pharaoh and he brings them into a promised land. On the way, he feeds them miraculously day after day, And in verses 11 and 12 of Exodus 16, we learn what the point of that feeding really is about. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, 
At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So what does the miraculous feeding do for God's people? It's a sign. It also meets their very practical and real need. God cares about the practical as much as he cares about the spiritual. And it convinces them that God is in fact their God and that his presence is with them. In verses 6 and 7 of the same chapter, we see this again. In the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling. So this is the point of the miraculous feeding in the desert. It's so that God's people might know that he is the Lord, that he is with them, and that he is rescuing them out of the grasp of an oppressive Pharaoh and taking them into a promised land. Are you beginning to see the resonances coming through with the feeding of the 5,000? Do you remember the words of that great and well-known hymn, Guide me, O thou great Redeemer, pilgrim through this barren land, I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. They resonate with any of us who are rugby fans, don't they? But they're not meant for terrified rugby fans as they look at the opposition coming onto the field. They're words that were written for God's people. I am weak, but thou art mighty isn't a song to be sung in the wings in the presence of Jonah Lumu. It's a song to be sung by the Christian, knowing that God is with us to take us into his promised land. In Numbers 27, Moses appeals to God. May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and to come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so that the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. And God repeats this promise of a leader who will take his people into the promised land. He says to his people, there will one day be a true shepherd to take you there. In Isaiah 40, a key passage in Matthew's Gospel introduced to us by John the Baptist, we find this same idea of God with his people. His presence powerfully rescuing them is recorded there for us. In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. God is going to come to his people in the desert, his people who are like grass with their glory fading. He's going to come in power, he will rule, and he will tend his flock like a shepherd, gathering the lambs in his arms, carrying them close to his heart and gently leading them. The promise is that God in person will come to his people, to lead his people to the promised land. The promise is a wonderful one. It's one that God will come like a good shepherd, gently leading his flock into that promised land. This is an incredible promise. God is a God of compassion who sees his people in a suffering and sick world and he promises to come to his people in person and to lead them like a ruler shepherd to a place of freedom freedom from sin and freedom from suffering. This is the promise of God's word, that God is a compassionate God who loves us, each of us, more than we could ever ask and more than we could ever imagine. 
the true shepherd, who will gently bear his lambs, who will tend his flock, who will carry his people to a place where sin, suffering and sadness have been defeated forever. In Jesus Christ, who today feeds God's people, we see the true face of this God. So with the Old Testament background and context in place, let's delve into today's Gospel reading, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Over the years, the story's been interpreted in so many different ways. Some interpreters have told us that it's the first example of communion, although there's no mention of wine, no mention of the death of Jesus, and no suggestion that the picnic should be repeated. Others have suggested a more pious reading. Just as the little boy got out his meal and gave it to Jesus, so too we should do our bit as Christians to get out whatever it is that we have been given in order to serve God. Remember too that it comes after the parable of the mustard seed that we explored last week. So it may be giving Jesus' followers a glimpse of what the kingdom of God is going to be like. Starting small, but becoming bigger than anything that anyone could ever have imagined or envisaged. All of these interpretations are interesting, and they no doubt teach us some important lessons. But none of them take seriously the context of the miraculous feeding of God's people in the desert, and of God's promise to come to his people as a true shepherd, gently leading them and bearing them in his arms into that promised land. Once we've understood this point, once God's promise is in place, the whole thing begins to make sense to us. In today's Gospel, what's Jesus doing? He's deeply compassionate to his people. And he heads to a remote place. And not just a lonely place. The Greek is the word for desert. And what's he doing in the desert? He's miraculously feeding God's people. What do we learn? We learn that Jesus is, without any doubt, the Lord, our God. And as if Jesus isn't wanting to leave anything to chance, he then goes on to say, Take courage, for I am. And that's God's name throughout the Bible. I am. That is God. So how do you come to God this morning? Are you heavy laden or worn out? Have you had enough? Are you or your loved ones suffering or burdened or pained in some way? Our Gospel today shows us that God is no distant God, but he's a God who keeps his promise, a promise to come among us as a good shepherd. Jesus, the Son of God, is the good shepherd. He took our nature upon him. He carried our human burdens and our pains. He experienced our human suffering and even our human death. He is a God who knows and a God who shares our pains. But his deep love for us conquers those burdens and pains. The God who keeps his promises has victory over death by rising to new life. And he promises us, his disciples, a new beginning, a fresh hope. One that's free from the burdens, the pains and sufferings of this life. He offers us a new beginning in the presence of God. And he comes among us so that we might know that he is God himself. And he wants us to know this so that we might believe in him and put our trust in his promises. The promise that he is a compassionate God who never fails us 
a God who never gives up on us, whose love for us never runs out, a compassionate God who comes to shepherd us in love into that promised land. Amen.
Let us pray. This morning, we're thankful for the reminder that Jesus was human, that just before this, the amazing miracle of the bread and the loaves happened, he'd found out some terrible news about John, John's death, and he was grieving and he was traumatized. And he needed to be on his own and he needed to be with God to lament and process that news. God, I thank you that Jesus was human. Thank you that he understands our humanity and our ups and downs and the grieves and the shocks that we go through in life too. And when we need to be on our own and we need to process, that is something that Jesus understands. Thank you, God. And we thank you for the reminder that Jesus was servant-hearted that even though he was in a place of deep trauma and sadness, he saw the need of all those people on the hills waiting to listen to him and needing food. And he put his own needs aside temporarily and he went and met their needs. Jesus, thank you for your example to be willing to put others um, above yourself um, and the encouragement for us to do that for others as well. Um, we need your supernatural help to do that. And thank you for the many examples we've heard of in the Bible where God met people's physical needs right where they were at. Um, the Israelites who had manna that came down from heaven every day and the, that famous example of the 5,000 men plus women and children who were fed just from a few small loaves of bread and fish. God, I thank you that in the Bible you honour our humanity, our physical humanity needs as much as our spiritual need of you. I thank you that you see our needs and you provide for, for both of them. They're really interlinked. We cannot survive without food just as much as we cannot survive without God. And we thank you for the times you've met our needs. And just in silence, we just think of specific things, specific ways you've met our needs recently. And we say thank you. Yes, Lord, we say thank you for meeting our physical needs, uh, for providing us with food, nutritious food to eat, for enabling practical work to get done in our houses and gardens and and providing uh, jobs and, and housing to live in where we can be safe and warm. Lord, if we've got those things, we just thank you for them. And God, we thank you that you care about our emotional needs too. And boy, are we emotional right now as we're coming out of several months of lockdown. God, I thank you that you are the source of all comfort. You are an encourager to us. You give us hope when life feels hopeless. 
And God, I thank you that you challenge us as well. And when needed, you rebuke us and, and help us get back on the right path if we start to stray. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting our emotional needs. And of course, Jesus, we thank you for meeting our spiritual needs, for bringing us new life uh, and real awakeness, for restoring our friendship and closeness to God despite our rebellion. We love you for it and we say thank you. And God, we thank you for all the times you've provided for us and we haven't noticed or we've complained because it wasn't how we wanted it to, to be exactly or how we expected it to be. We think of those Israelites who complained and grumbled in the desert because they were getting the same old manner every morning and they were bored. Lord, how often have we complained and not been thankful for the good gifts you've given us? Please forgive us and please open our eyes to, to those gifts to be, to be thankful every day. And Lord Jesus, we lift up our needs to you now. Um, and we know that you know them without us even having to speak them. But God, we just lift them up to you this morning. I want to pray for people listening who have physical needs. Lord, would you come into our situations and help with our physical help? Would you help provide the finances that we need to live adequately, to pay bills and buy food, to get essential jobs done so that we can live in safety in our homes and putting food on the table so, so that we don't go to bed hungry? As the disciples distributed the bread and the fish Jesus provided, Lord, I pray you would help those today who serve others' needs above their own first, whether that be through food banks across the nation, through free financial and legal advice clinics, um, so many examples, counselling clinics as well. Lord, bless those, I pray, in the work that they're doing to serve others' needs. And Lord, we pray for our emotional needs today. In post-COVID lockdown, the anxiety, depression that may have set in, the stresses and weariness of life in lockdown and the longing for, for normality again, for the fear we have over the future and the uncertainty and the unsettledness as things are changing day by day outside of our control. And for those who are grieving the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of security, of finances, Lord, people in pain with broken dreams that four months ago seemed right on track, but, but this, this pandemic has just wiped the floor with people's dreams and with people's bitter disappointments. Lord God, I ask that you would come into each and every individual's lives and hearts and comfort and provide what they need. And Lord, we pray for all the individuals who distribute their time and their love and their care and their compassion to those who are struggling with their emotions so difficultly. Thank you and bless them for putting others' needs above their, their own at this difficult time. And lastly, Father, we pray for our spiritual needs today, individual needs and national needs and international needs. We pray for those who know that they need God as much as they need food and air. Would you help us to live life with you, being intimately involved? Would you, we continue every day to invite you uh, to be an active part of our thinking and our doing and our being? And would we be grateful for all that you give us every day? And Lord, we pray for those who are wondering if they need God as much as food and air. In their wondering, be with them and be present in their journey. And 
We pray you would speak clearly into their lives, giving practical examples of your love and care to them so that they would know they need you. And finally, Lord, we pray for those who think they have no need of God whilst eating and breathing, that eating and breathing is enough. Oh, Lord, we know there is so much more. Living with you is like living 3D instead of 2D. And in your love, care and compassion, I pray you would open their eyes and their spirit and their emotions to you, Lord. And would you knock? And would they hear you knocking? And we pray that they would come to realise that they cannot live without you as much as eating and breathing. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful reality of having you in our lives, for your great provision in every single area of our lives, whether we recognise it or not. You are our God and we trust in you for all that we need. And we thank you for today. Amen. A big thank you to everyone who's taken part today, to Rob for reading and to Claire for her prayers. And as I said at the beginning, if there's anything that's particularly touched you during the service today, remember that you can be in touch. My name is Adrian, I'm the vicar. You'll find my contact details on our website and I would absolutely love to hear from you and to explore some of these things in greater depth. But for now, may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.